happening, fellow fantasy GMs? I'm JJ Wang. He's the bearded one, DJ Dove. And with our powers combined, we are the Fantasy Couriers. What is up, JJ Wang? Happy 4th of July week. Since we do post on Wednesdays, um, but we record a little earlier, it's been a good start to the week. Did you have a good fourth? Wasn't too bad. Just set off some uh, legal fireworks. Don't tell nobody. Um, uh, we're not going to tell anybody. Not the entire <laughs> internet. You're totally fine. But yeah, we had a, had a good time. Spent some uh, cookouts, ate a few hot dogs. Um, you know how that goes on the 4th of July. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We we were kind of low-key. We just got back from the beach, had a good beach week, and... Um, Super tired, but we had some leftover um, legal fireworks that we bought oh, at Walmart nice. last year that have been <laughs> sitting in our, but they actually, I'm so, I'm shocked by some, I, I figured legal fireworks are like, these little things were poofing stuff in the air. It was, it was uh, pretty money time. Virginia's coming around. I mean, the fireworks are getting a little bigger. I mean, you can buy some <laughs> more than sparklers now. No more yeah. sparklers than snakes. Best $3 we ever had. So what can You're you do? Lying. But uh, speaking of hot dogs, uh, I mean, the tradition of 4th of July, as we all remember, is one of the great American icons the last 20 years, Joey Chestnut, set another record yesterday, uh, oh, yeah. 76 hot dogs. Um, so it's, what, 14th championship in the last 15 years for this guy? It's absolutely amazing. Oh, he, he, he is truly the GOAT. Tom Brady, move aside. <laughs> Michael Jordan, move aside. Wayne Gretzky, you guys are nothing. Not nothing either. compared to Joey. Joey, I see him on TV. They play the music. I get the goosebumps. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, you see him walking up that stage with that uh, mustard belt. It's it's something something to see. But, uh, like, this guy well, the scene where he ate 32 Big Macs in eight minutes, 141 hard-boiled eggs. I can eat, like, two. <laughs> and then 53 soft beef tacos from Taco Bell. That might be the most amazing one out of all of them that he still survives that. that that's, it's, that's amazing. But as you watch the, the hot dog eating contest, the biggest problem there is just ain't no competition for the guy. I mean, it's just the second closest guy had, had 50. Uh, that's 26 hot dogs is a lot to, lot to overcome. And I, I think ESPN is starting to realize that, and that's why they had the um, the lemonade chugging contest. <laughs> I, well, really, I think they just wanted to have that one guy on the show because he's such a great rapper and he's a cool personality, yeah. and he just crushed this. Like he was number one. There's no competition there. So yeah, it's not. Imagine in the long run they could add something else because they're like, yeah, we know Joey's just going to obliterate everybody for a while. Um, maybe they just getting pregnant, um, like they did on the women's <laughs> side, just to make it a little closer. Is always been my joke. Um, Cool story with Joey. I've actually seen Joey in person. That's oh, how cool nice. I am. We were down in North Carolina visiting my sister-in-law, and they were doing some qualifying tournaments, and it was actually Ronnie Hartman. He was the guy that won the tournament. Joey was just there holding the mustard belt, but Ronnie Hartman, he's been done it for a couple of years. He's an ex-Marine, and he came on stage. He's transitioned to become a professional wrestler. He's jacked. He's the guy who has long blonde hair and the goatee. Nice. When we saw him, he was like short, uh, short, uh, brown hair. We got to, my brother in law got the meeting, but it was his first son. So that's our claim to fame. Is um, I've seen him like he's transitioning into wrestling, so he's a big jack dude. He's doing stuff with um, I want to say um, Cody Rhodes, um, oh, nice. helping him to transition into wrestling. But yeah, it's kind of cool. The it's become it's become more popular over the years. It's not just that thing that um, you know your wives or girlfriends go, ew, they're eating a bunch of hot dogs. I want to vomit. <laughs> now, like our whole family sits down and watches it. The kids get excited. We laugh at the commentary. 
my daughter was excited for about the first two hot dogs. This is the first one she's seen. So she was excited for the first two hot dogs. And then she was like, I started to get a little squeamish. She was like, how does he do that? And I was like, he's an amazing guy. I mean, I mean, ESPN helped he it when, when they botched the entire program. So when they, when everything went black and green and yellow. And oh, orange, so you had that problem too, huh? Oh, uh, that was ESPN. That wasn't the cable. Oh, that okay. was the, the total network botched the program uh, as they got through. And you can look it up. My kids have gotten so into it. They watched um, Joey eat 18 pounds of pizza again <sighs> on this YouTube channel they watch. And you saw him, he gained 26 pounds doing it. Like his belly went from flat. Like the dude exercises and gets in shape to do this. His belly went from flat to like, it looked like he had a baby bump. But so yeah. if uh, so, if you could pick a food to eat in a competition, what are you picking? Uh, we were talking. We were talking about this yesterday. What did I settle on? Um, I like that one where they talk about the one guy that had donut holes, or he's eating <laughs> the, the donuts. I was like, I, I could. I, I'm always curious. We, we were talking on our fantasy thread, like how many hot dogs could we really put down? My son, my son goes, I could eat twelve in ten hours, maybe. Right. Um, uh, it's always a curiosity, like how far could you go, and then at what point are you willing to not throw up? <laughs> yeah, like, like I would if I was to choose if I was to choose one, I'd probably go with the hot dog just because Tradition. that's what I've always wanted to I've always wanted to see how many hot dogs actually, but I've never done it because like you going you just gotta feel so bad afterwards. It's just oh the buns. Uh, uh, your your nephew mentioned them. We we're talking. He's like the buns makes you kind of nauseous. Like that that bothers me more <laughs> than the hot dogs. A little soggy buns. Yeah, that's that would yeah that's going to be the hardest. You got to dip them in all that water. I mean, it's it's a sight to see. I'm not going. I'd like to see it live one time. It wouldn't be. It'd be pretty fun to see live. I think we might have to do it sometime. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. But if we do, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it on here after we recover and exercise a lot. <laughs> uh, but it is July, and um, we we're talking about uh, Ju- July in fantasy football. Really, is like the dark month of football. There's guys are going home. They are responsible sort of for themselves during this month. There's no. There's this month there should be some talks because we have the whole Aaron Rodgers stuff going on. But in general, not a whole lot really goes on. Maybe some contract extensions, but guys go away and either they you don't hear from them or they do something really stupid. Um, I'm hoping for none of the really stupid stuff. I'm hoping to hear that Aaron Rodgers comes back. But we decided we're going to sit here and talk about guys that we think are our dark horses. We're going to each pick two guys that are higher up in the rankings in their in their respective uh, positions that we think could do better than is shown in their rankings. Uh, you want you want to go first? Yeah. So my uh, my first star course guy been around for quite a while. Had his ups and definitely had his ups and downs. Um, a little older. Uh, it's David Johnson. Uh, he is twenty nine years old. Uh, he had almost seven hundred yards last year. Uh, he's definitely in control of the backfield there. They they did bring in uh, Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram. I'm not really worried about those guys at all. I mean, they'll get some run, but I'm not too overly worried. He's going to get the bulk of the passing work because that's just what David Johnson's always done. Most likely, what have Tyrod at quarterback this year with with Watson not coming off or coming back, so it's going to have problems at quarterback. So if you got that running back that he can drop the ball off to, um, hand off to a lot. So I'm looking at maybe a top twenty running back for David Johnson if he can stay healthy. That's the key. If he can stay healthy. Wow, that's 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 where I am. We talked about this before recording and. Philip Lindsay. I, I, I'm a Philip Lindsay guy. I, I just 
Houston's going to be a mess, a giant, giant mess. They could be worse than the Lions, and that's saying a lot. I mean, they lost J.J. Watts, so the defense is going to stink. Deshaun Watson, who knows? Uh, I could see him playing 16 games this year and then not playing anything next year. It depends upon how Goodell's feeling that day, what he's going to do. Uh, then basically the only offensive weapon they have is Cooks and a bunch of old, aged, beaten up running backs. So it's going to be uh, a battle of survival between him and Ingram and Lindsey and Dookie and whoever <laughs> else they decide to play in there. It's ugh. Like I say, if you're looking at a, if you're looking at Dark Horse, you're somebody somebody you don't expect that can do much. But like he's he's solid. I, he's like I said, if he can just stay healthy, get 175 carries, I mean, it's it's possible. He'd be the touchdown guy. I mean, he's definitely effective in the run game, definitely effective in the passing game. They don't have a lot of options. But like you said, the team isn't very good. So, I mean, that's going to play a, play a, play a role in it too. And they will score one touchdown a game. So, maybe two, maybe some kicks. You know, it's, it's possible he well, gets – One receiving yeah. and one rushing for David Johnson every game. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Who are you looking at? Uh, I'm looking at a, a receiver, actually. Um, one could be argued to be one of the greater receivers of the last decade. I mean, he did have a season with um, 129 receptions in 1698, 136 receptions, 1834, and then like a dope, he um, decided to um, get himself <laughs> traded to the Raiders. And then he decided to just do a bunch of stupid stuff and then get himself traded to – the Patriots, or to get cut and signed with the signed with the Patriots, and then he now has landed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers later last year. This man is Antonio Brown. I listened to a podcast where this guy goes, "His name is Antonio." I want to like slap him every time he says it. <laughs> but this is Antonio Brown. That's what he calls himself. I've heard it called. Um, it's AB. AB to all of us um, diehard football fans. AB is in the perfect situation for where he is in his life. I mean, you're looking at a dude who is. Almost, let's see, What by the time this is aired, he will be almost 33 years old. So he's at the end of his, he's at the end of his football career, but he also had a, he had essentially a year off and in, in his early years, he didn't do anything stellar. So he wasn't hit a lot. He was, you know, he didn't have a hundred receptions until his fourth year. So he had to survive Mike Wallace to get there. And then he became the man because Mike Wallace wanted more money when another dope who messed up his career going to Miami but AB's in the perfect situation number one Tom Brady loves Antonio Brown no matter what Tom Brady is the reason Antonio Brown went to New England Tom Brady is the reason Antonio Brown came to Tampa Tom Brady let Antonio Brown live with him so that you you cannot beat the connection of having the goat want you in your on your side uh Antonio Brown's targets last year um, he played from week nine on, he started with five targets, eight targets, 13 targets. Um, and that was against the Rams or it's the Rams or the Raiders. Yeah, it was the Rams. Um, cause they were in Las Vegas, uh, three targets. He had, a, he had a rough one against Kansas city, then five targets, seven targets, six targets. And in the last week he had 15 targets. I mean, far be it there, um, between Godwin was hurt and, you know, he came back, but AB has the trust of the goat. AB last year in that limited time as the number three had almost 500 yards and four touchdowns. I see getting back into game shape a whole season off. AB right now is going 
at according to fantasy pros, you got AB going, I want to say 40, 45. So he's around the likes of Parker, Gallup, Hollywood, uh, Cole Beasley, Hilton, Mike Williams, and then a couple young guys I really like, though, and Chenault, Pittman, and Waddle. But he's fallen in the 45 range. And for a dude that could just kill it, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you on that. Um, to be to be completely honest, it wouldn't surprise me a whole bunch if Antonio Brown actually led the team in targets because Tom Brady likes him that much. Uh, he's not going to take away targets from Mike Evans. He's the deep guy. We know what Mike Evans is going to do. He's going to get 1,000 yards like he does every year. The person who it hurts the most is Chris Godwin because they essentially play that same position. And I just think Tom Brady likes Antonio Brown more than he likes Chris Godwin. So, like I said, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he leads the team in targets, probably maybe yards even. I mean, I think he's still got that skill, the skill there. So, I mean, that's a, that's a great choice. I mean, he definitely end up wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver two. It wouldn't, like, wouldn't surprise me one bit. Yep. I think I stole your thunder as you head into your next guy. But um, we're in the same range, I think. Yeah, my next guy is a, a young guy from rookie last year, um, plays for the Colts, um, Michael Pittman. 23 years old, um, big receiver, it's, uh, 6'4", 225, I believe. Um, definitely looks like that alpha guy. Uh, I think on this team, will be more of that possession, that big possession guy, a touchdown threat, kind of in the mold of maybe, let's say, Alshon Jeffrey. You know how much Carson Wentz liked Alshon Jeffrey in that um, in his rookie year or that second year where he, where he blew up? Uh, Jeffrey was super effective. So doesn't have a lot of people to actually work against. I mean, we still got uh, T.Y. Hilton. So he's getting older, still, still effective. He's got that deep ball. Um, Pascal, he was effective in when his time playing. Then we got maybe Paris Campbell comes back. Hopefully people had high expectations come from him. But looking at those receivers, I mean – Obviously, Pittman is that number one guy. Now, they will run the ball a lot. Uh, so, But I think there's enough to go around with not a lot of great wide receivers. Pittman being big, physical, definitely going to get to targets, get those red zone. I mean, looking at a mid-range, high-range uh, wide receiver, too, I think. Oh, I'm a huge Pittman guy. I'm with you. Um, he, he, he did what – People do in college. He got better, better, better. He ended up with us. Just looked him up. A hundred catches and twelve, almost thirteen hundred yards his senior year. Um, last year he was a little slow out the gate. Uh, what do you think the effect of my prediction is Zach Ertz place for the Colts? How how will Zach Ertz affect him? Um. So they might maybe a little. I mean, they're both play that possession guy. We all know how much Carson Wentz does like Zach Ertz, but. Sykers is getting older. Uh, at the end of the day, I think Pittman will find his role, realize that he is the alpha on that team. And it might actually help open up that range of the field a little bit for Pittman because you have to bring a little bit of coverage off to get uh, coverage on Zach Ertz. So it's the opportunities there. Uh, depending on if Carson Wentz can get back in form, uh, produce a little, produce a little better on offense and, think uh it's wide open for him this year oh i'm a, I'm a wince guy i like frank reich i think he's gonna get him back on track and 
He's got a third him. Naheem Hines cannot be the number one receiver in Indianapolis <laughs> if they want to not lose every game. Yeah, it's like I, I think Justin Jefferson kind of ruined it for all wide receivers last year by putting up 1,400 yards. That's not normal. That's very rare. Actually, it's well, the best rookie season of all time. So these rookie wide receivers usually hang around that five, six, seven hundred yard range, just like Jerry Judy was. Takes him a while to get get implemented into the system. And I think he's got I think he's big enough. I think he's got the talent. I think we're uh, I think he's on the right track. So who's your next guy? Uh I I I pride myself in the love of the tight end. And that's why I've, I'm in two tight end premium leagues. I've always been the tight end whisperer. My problem is I'll be right about them, and then I'll be tired because I do too much dynasty. I'm like, okay, I don't want to hold this Kelsey guy. They say he's going to be the next Gronk. They called him baby Gronk. We're a couple years in. This is ridiculous. I'm going to trade him for a bag, a sack of potatoes. <laughs> and my buddy's team has been really good ever since. Oops. Yeah. Uh, this, this guy that I'm pulling up, 6'3", 240, was – buried or sort of buried at times on the um los angeles rams my boy is gerald everett of now the seattle seahawks this is going to be his age 27 season and he's got russell wilson russell wilson's a little bit better than jared Goff, not a lot but just a little bit um to anybody who's never heard of football that's called sarcasm <laughs> last year the tight end position in seattle had about had 73 receptions gone is greg olson he went where he should have been last year which is in the booth will disley i was a big will disley guy he had about four of the greatest tight end games ever and then he just tore everything and he just has not been the same coming back jacob hollister is now in buffalo so you were buffalo right yeah i think buffalo uh, yeah i think so um so you are now down to will disley and gerald everett I think Gerald Everett takes this by the horns for a couple reasons. Like Pete Carroll is in love with Gerald Everett. Pete Carroll wants Gerald Everett to be the man. Gerald Everett isn't like that prime tight end age. Gerald Everett has Russell Wilson. Uh, that that's really all. It's it's an for me it's an easy cut and dry because it is tight end. So really, if you don't have the top five, they're all dark horses maybe the top four, Gerald Everett right now in Fantasy Pros is number 21. Let me say that again, 21 for Russell Wilson's number one target. Tight ends going around him are Austin Hooper, who I don't even know if they throw him the ball up there in Cleveland. Ertz, mainly because they don't know where he's going to play and he's been hurt. Ebron, because tight ends in Pittsburgh go to die. And Jared Cook, who I think could be better than he is there, but he's old too. So at 21, he, Everett, I foresee top 10. I might even be able to plant my flag at a top eight finish for that dude. Yeah, I think top 10 is definitely attainable. He'll be, what, the third third receiving option on that team behind Metcalf and Lockett. Uh, you know, they're going to take they're going to take the top off of the, off the field. So, I mean, they're going to be deep. The middle of that field is going to be wide open. That's where Gerald Everett can um, succeed. He's an athletic dude. I think he was drafted in the second round, I believe, somewhere. He was drafted pretty high, I'm pretty sure. So, you know, coming out of school, the talent was there. Um, like I said, option, uh, they don't have to worry about a running back catching the ball. They don't have a lot of that. And, you know, Russell Wilson likes to scramble. Uh, people get open. That's 
the best part of that offense. You know, they, they let Russ cook. I mean, it's going to be great. It's great for everybody. Uh, like I said, Pete Carroll, I still think, wants to run the ball 600 times if he can. Uh, so, I mean, they don't have a lot of options at running back. Yeah, yeah, Chris Carson. Are <laughs> but, you know, Chris Carson, if he can stay healthy, he's going to get all he, – he's going to get a ton of work. Um, so, he's got a lot of upside there. So, like I said, there's not a lot of options for him to compete against. So, I mean, like, he's definitely going to get the opportunity there. So, I think top 10 is definitely, definitely attainable in that offense. Uh, yeah, it's entirely locked. It depends which week it is. And I think if it's if you run a lot and you have a good tight end, the tight end really will benefit because Russ is smart enough to go, hey, look, there's nine guys coming right towards me and Chris Carson. And Jared Everett just snuck right by them. So, boom. Everett's going to sneak in. He'll get some touchdowns. I mean, he's coming off back-to-back 400-yard seasons, the lowest. And last year he had 41 receptions. And his rookie year he had 16, but otherwise it's been 33, 37, 41. It's pretty stout to go in. So you had, you got this. You're excited for this next segment, I know. So I'm going to let you um, get us into that one. So this next segment that I want to do is uh, – so there's a lot of teams with – multiple running backs that don't have that one true guy, right? So they're, they're just all over the place. I think we come up with like seven or eight teams. So we're going to do one now. I think is probably the best out of that bunch to talk about maybe. Uh, we're going to do Battle of the Backfields. And that first backfield that we're going to talk about is the San Francisco backfield. So we've got Raheem Mostert. We've got Trey Sermon. Uh, Elijah Mitchell and your boy Jeff Wilson when he comes back. Ben Gallman, Jermichael Hasty, And those two. So we got a whole bunch of things to unlock here, try to figure out who's going to be that number one guy. So we'll, we'll jump into – so obviously the number one guy as of right now is Raheem Mostert. Uh, that you're, you're a fan of him. I know that. Uh, I'm more of a fan of Trey Sermon. More, I'm, I'm a rookie guy, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Mostert is always effective when he runs. We know that. It's obvious. Dude is fast as lightning. Definitely got the speed. But his biggest issue, just like a lot of these other guys, is staying healthy. Just like in that whole, enti- in that whole entire team is, is health. But, like, if Mostert stays healthy, he'll probably most likely be the guy. But I definitely see Trey Sermon getting involved a whole lot on that team. Uh, when I did my notes here, I have Raheem Mostert as the horse. He is going to be the workhorse. I think the 49ers see father time is catching up. Mostert doesn't have a lot of mileage, a lot of tread on him, but he has a lot of injuries growing with him. I I was listening to an interview talking about Raheem Mostert with um, one of my favorite players on their team, Mr. Kyle Juszczyk. And he was talking about how the offseason Raheem Mostert is killing it. He is looking like a beast. And if the guy that's blocking you is ready for you, and he's, he said, um, let's see, what does he have here? I think Mostert's really going to surprise people. And I know it's been a few years since the Niners have had one of those top fantasy guys that you know you're going to take in your first one, two, three rounds. But he's he said he's, he's he was looking at the end of the year. Um, he he said at the end of last season, we came back and was healthy. We generally thought we had six games left that we would still get him a thousand yards just based upon how hard he was running earlier. The catches he got, he's the fat, he is the fastest guy on the team. Most people miss that. They think, oh, Raheem Mostert, 
you know, he is the starting running back. He is some like plotter that goes through. And we just think that because he's hurt uh, more so than because he is a slow guy. But that dude is stinking fast. Trey Sermon, he's no slouch, though. I'm, I'm with you. I have some love for Trey Sermon. I'm looking at him everywhere I can grab him. But I see him as the future. He is like they basically I see this year they're going to they're going to wear out Mostert. They're going to break Mostert. They're going to use every last every last drop of gas left in Mostert. And then they're going to hand the ball to Sermon. Sermon, he'll get 10 touches a game. Mostert, probably 15 to 20, depending upon game script. 15 is where I, I feel Mostert. 17 is in my head for some reason, including catches and things. But I think the future is Trey Sermon. A, a comp that made me fall in love with Trey Sermon was Le'Veon Bell. Someone said he has the patience of Le'Veon Bell around the line there, the way he'll look as opposed to just bolting into the hole. He'll like stop there, give it a look. The thing is we're, we're in love with a dude without a lot of uh, draft pedi- with college pedigree is what I mean. Yeah. You look at his Ohio State career and – we like the dude based upon a whopping never eclipsing a thousand yards. Last year he had 870. And if you look at it, it, I mean, last year was his only year at Ohio State. Three years in Oklahoma, he was there getting yards up and down. And Ohio State, it was towards the end of the year. So it's one of those, if I go with the argument that I always have with a lot of players no college production what are they going to do in the pros who knows then it might not bode as well for sermon but they did use their first draft pick and they don't or they're they moved up in the third rather because it did trey lance obviously but they (laughs) moved up to get trey sermon so they they like the dude they like what they see but he could fall upon you know brandon jacobs world where jacobs is a good running back but he was he still wasn't that not a lot of wear and tear coming in like a lot of other backs. That's why I'm a, I, I don't know. I have this, it's more of a gut feeling than anything else. I have Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell. I have a, a feeling about that dude. Yeah, yeah, I like I like Mitchell. I mean, they got him late. Uh, he's had a solid um, college career. He can catch the ball coming out of the backfield, which is what's just what that offense is based upon. You give Kyle Shanahan all those weapons to, uh, to work with, I mean, he's going to make everybody relevant. But like I said, he's just got to have to get that opportunity. Most of it's going to have to go down before Mitchell really probably finds his his role. Now, will most of it go down? Who knows? He is older. It happens, seems to happen every year. But as long as Mostert stays healthy, yeah, you're right. He will get the bulk of the work. Uh, 15 touches uh, might be a lot. They may run the 12 range and Sermon. I think Sermon's going to get – 10 to 12 touches as well. I think they're both going to be in that same range. They're both going to get used. But who's that goal line back? I think Trey Sermon will be used more of the as the goal line back until Wilson comes back because we all know he steals all the touchdowns. So I'm, I'm not – he's probably going to be out the first six or seven weeks. So it's going to give Trey Sermon an opportunity to shine. And once he, he does come in and shine, I don't see how you're going to be able to take him off the field at that point. Any pass protect? We don't know. Who knows? I mean, honestly, in college, from what I gather, they don't ask these guys to pass protect a lot in college. So most of them have no idea how to pass protect. And that's why when they come in from the, when they come in, go through the OTAs, that's where they're going to get with these coaches that can teach them how to do all this stuff. Uh, I think pass blocking 
can be taught easier than being a great athlete because you can't teach that. So, I mean, if he's got the running skills, he can catch the ball coming out of the backfield. I think the opportunity is there for him to take over, probably not in the beginning of the season, but maybe towards towards the later of the season. I, if, as long as everybody stays healthy, you know the 49ers are going to be in the playoff run. They got Their team is good. I don't see certain – it's always health, and you can't predict injuries. Mostert, yeah. if I were to say perfect world, Mostert is the lead back all year. Sermon's getting his. Mitchell doesn't see a lot this year. He'll get some passes here and there because he's going to be the Mostert successor to him and Sermon will be are the future. Uh, but then again, you got Jeff Wilson there. My notes for Jeff Wilson are sneaky, annoying, injury screwed him, and he could screw us all. Yeah, I had a championship last year that I lost because Mostert scored three touchdowns and Kamara scored six. That tends to do it in for you. Uh, then you got Dwayne Gallman and Hasty, and I heard someone trying to talk up Gallman the other day, and I just said, "Yeah, sure." And- yeah, I'm not. I'm not too worried about Gallman. I mean, he did fine in uh, with the Giants last last year, I believe he did fine. But there wasn't anybody else that he was competing with. It was just Wayne Gallman. Like now, he's the fourth running back on the on the roster, so it's probably not going to get a lot of runs. So we'll see how it plays out. I'm definitely interested. I'm definitely keeping up with the 49ers this year. I'm a huge fan of Kyle Shanahan. That's our then that's our battle in the backfield segment right there. So to keep in theme with our fourth of July segment that we started out with, um, you know, we got these fireworks exploding. We decided to take Find a guy that we think is just going to show off this year. Um, that's whether they were good last year, maybe they'll be even better this year. That's where we're going to go right now. Who's your guy? My guy is a guy I've been trying to get everywhere, and I finally got him. He is six foot one, 190, Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley. He's a little older than most people think. He'll be uh, he'll be playing his age twenty six year, believe it or not. The same age as Amari Cooper. Yeah, so <laughs> first first round pick in the eighteen draft. So he's 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 only he's got three years in, and last year he balled out to the tune of ninety receptions and thirteen seventy four and nine touchdowns. I mean, he's been a consistent touchdown receiver for years, 10, 7, and 9. And now that pesky Julio Jones is out of the way, and all he's got is Kyle Pitts, you know, the second coming of the greatest player in the world because tight ends in their rookie year can just (laughs) score so many points and catch so many balls, except for nobody. So who else is Matt? Matt, Matty Ice is still slinging the ball. Mike Davis is going to get his for a second-tier sneaky running back. And I'm, I got Russell, Russell Gage on there. He came on strong at the end of the year. But Calvin Ridley is going to ball out this year. Calvin Ridley, do I see him eclipsing last year? Not necessarily. Last year, I think, is close to the baseline. He might get a couple more touchdowns. I think he'll get more receptions, and the yardage will be comparable. So I could see him. You know, let's give him 100 receptions. That's just a roundabout. 14, 14, 50, and 10 touchdowns for a year, and he's going to ball out. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big old passing off. They do got a new coach that like, does like to run the ball, so that's where the Mike Davis thing come in. But you still got Matt Ryan. They're still going to throw the ball all over the place. That's just what Matt Ryan does. That's what he's always done. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Calvin Redley actually led the league, uh, league in targets. 
I mean, it was, wouldn't surprise me because who else are they going to throw it to? They don't have a lot of options. I mean, you gauge it, get some, you know. Kyle Pitts is definitely going to get the opportunity. He's going to be on the field from day one, and that's just the big target to go to. But like Calvin Ridley's a great route runner. He's a great receiver. Obviously, Matt Ryan likes him. Even with Julio there last year, he killed it. So, like I said, lead the league in targets wouldn't surprise me. 125 receptions, maybe. 1,400 yards, 1,500 yards. I think that the ceiling's crazy. So, yeah, so I can definitely see an explosion there being even better than it was last year. Definitely top five, top three wide receiver, oh, maybe. I, the I ceiling mean, is one. I think yeah, his floor is 10. I would yeah. say his floor isn't even 10. Like, I think he's yeah. going to be that good. Like, I'm that high. Well, yeah, especially with him being the lead guy, lead guy in town. So, jumping over to my guy here, um, he is a Redskin. I'm not a huge Redskin fan. The what? Oh, the Washington football team. My bad. It's hard. It's, <laughs> it's hard to get away from. You're so not, old. not a big uh, Washington football team fan, but this is my guy. It's uh, Antonio Gibson. Of course, coming out of college, I think he had 80 career touches. So nobody really knew what to expect. Switched him over to running back, and the dude killed it last year. He had, I think, he had 11 touchdowns. Almost 800 yards rushing, 250 yards receiving. So he was definitely good. Top. He was before he got injured. He was on pace to be a top 10 running back. Uh, the only issue last year was JD McKissick still in all of his receiving thunder. I don't think that's going to happen this year. They'll roll him back. They'll get more usage out of Antonio Gibson. So better quarterback. So much better off. Much better offense. So. He, Definitely going to get more uh, more carries, two twenty five maybe. That would be that would be great. So we're looking at maybe eleven hundred yards, twelve hundred yards rushing, possibly. Still keep that double digit touchdown. Four five hundred yards receiving is that possible? So I mean, we're looking at sixteen hundred total yards, twelve thirteen touchdowns. I mean, that's definitely top five running back potential there. I mean, I think he could be better than Kamara this year, working his way up the ladder. So, I mean, we'll see. It just depends on how the offense goes. Wow, that was a, that was a bold statement there. Just bold statement up. So, like, better than Kamara. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not with you on that one. Surprisingly, I didn't think about it. Like, no one really knows it because McKissick just balled out last year. Gibson still had 36 receptions. Yeah. And for a running back, that that's still – that's that's pretty average. That's about – that's a good running back in fantasy. So yeah, I, I'm all with you on his rushing stats. I think he's going to get up there. Uh, the thing that won't get me, I, I don't think the receiving is going to be outlandish this year. Fitzpatrick likes to sling it. He's not going to, he's, he's no Alex Smith. He's not going to drop it over the line right there. McKissick's probably going to be the one that's hurt the most. Do I think, uh, do I think that Gibson here could do 36, 40, 45 catches? Sure. That's, you know, that's two, three, a couple of game especially with the extra game this year. I don't think he's going to go ballistic on receiving. I, I think McKissick's going to stink. But Gibson, I, I have him. He could easily be a top 10 running back without a shadow of a doubt. I probably have him more of the 5 to 10 range. I'm not I'm not going crazy like you are, but I sure hope he is because I just spent a whole <laughs> lot of draft capital in our startup to pick up Antonio Gibson. So it's uh, the realm of possibility is there for him to totally firework it on us. So tell you what. It's been a great Fourth of July week here. We uh, we sent some fireworks up. Now we got to see if they explode 
or if they just sort of peter out. <laughs> if he does, you never know. That's the great thing about flowers. You just never know what's going to come, man. Most of the time they work out though. So yeah. So get us out of here, JJ Wang. Yeah. So I hope everybody had a great holiday. Remember, trust in yourself and trust the process.